0: Okay, so we, the past two weeks we've been talking about lessons that we can get from the birth of Jesus Christ. And today is going to be our last <coughs> installment on this subject. Um, I'm just going to start with a recap of what we have done um, for the past two weeks. And then um, we can touch on uh, discussion for this week of, for today um, okay so i'm gonna start with a recap first from the first week in the first week we spoke about the fact that the birth of jesus christ was prophesied in the old testament it took several years before jesus was born and we know that every word that God has spoken is going to come to pass the other thing we saw is that in the period of silence god was faithful to his word he did not forget his promise he did not forget his purpose or his purpose was not aborted because there was silence god was still following his purpose and even the period of silence was a fulfillment of prophecy and was also a preparation for prophecy then we talk about the genealogy of Jesus Christ from Matthew's perspective and from Luke's perspective. We also spoke about the fact that God allowed an inexperienced bride to be and um, husband to be to take care of the Messiah. It means that God can use anyone, God can use anything for His glory. It doesn't matter your experience. Uh, we saw that Mary's life was interrupted by God's purpose. Sometimes we have our own plans, but our plans get interrupted to bring to pass God's divine purpose. And every time we give in to God's divine purpose, we we are always better than following our own plan. Mary's, Mary's heart was also prepared. Mary prepared herself, her vessel, for God to use her. And the Bible tells us that in a house there are many vessels, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable use. But if a man prepares his... His vessel, or if someone prepares your vessel, they will be fit for God's use, they will be fit for God's honorable purpose. And then <clears throat> last week, we talked about Joseph being a just man, not wanting to make public the fact that Mary was pregnant, because at that point, she, he didn't have all the information about how Mary became pregnant. However, he decided to treat the issue with love and not to um, make mary a public um, example so the bible says he was minding in himself or he was thinking to himself that he was going to put mary away privately so that she does not become a public example and we learned from this that how do we treat the offenses or the errors of other people as believers when somebody is caught in an error caught in a sin how do we handle them do we want to score points at that at that at that place or do we want to um, help restore the person we saw from galatians that when somebody is caught in an error if you are spiritual what you seek to do is to restore the person in the spirit of love in the spirit of love you want to restore the person now god's timing of event we spoke about god's timing of event. how the bible has said that the messiah was going to be born in bethlehem and at that point when Mary and Martha I'm sorry, when Mary and Joseph <clears throat> were discussing their marriage or were getting ready to marry, they lived in Nazareth. And so for God's word to come to pass, an unbelie- an unbeliever king made an instruction or gave an instruction that everyone has to go to their hometown to be registered because there was a census. Everybody had to go to be registered now joseph and mary also went to be registered in bethlehem because that was where they were from the bible tells us that while they were still there it was time for mary to give birth so god organized it in a way that the prophecy will still came to pass the prophecy of the messiah being born in bethlehem still came to pass and the way it happened was just just wonderful god it's not by accident that God decided that, <clears throat> that God had pro- the God had the God's word was that a Messiah was going to be born in Bethlehem the king decided that everybody must have a census and right where they were there in Bethlehem it was time for Mary to give birth the king took that decision at the at the exact time that Mary was supposed to give birth and that brought Mary to Bethlehem the place of the prophecy so everything that happened in the situation was not by accident god had prepared everything god had designed everything and so everything that happens in our life is not by accident god arranged things to fall into in line with his divine purpose and the words that he has written concerning us <clears throat> and then we saw that jesus came to this world in a manger and so the king of all the world the one who created the world came <clears throat> in a manger And we talked about his humility, that he didn't choose the most beautiful palace. He didn't choose the best hospital of that generation. However, he chose the most lowest place. And the Bible says, because he did not think that being equal to God is something to hold on to. God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every other name. That at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And so this can tell us about the humility of Jesus, which we should also emulate. And that we saw that the last thing we saw last week was that wise men went to look for Jesus. And we say even in this generation right now, at this time, wise men still look for Jesus. And so there's a lot of wisdom if you spend your time seeking him. And we know that when the wise men sought for Jesus Christ, they found him. And so, everyone who will seek for Jesus Christ will find him. <clears throat> now, this, today we are going to pick the last um, characters, a few characters and situations that happen in the bad story. And then we are going to take lessons from that story. In Luke chapter 2, verse 36, we see the story of Anne the prophetess. The Bible says, Now there was one, Anne, a prophetess the daughter of fanwell of the tribe of asher she was of great age and she had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity and this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served god with fastings and prayers night and day and coming in that instant she gave thanks to the lord and spoke of him all those who looked for the redemption in jerusalem luke chapter 2 verse 36 to 38 so the bible talks about this woman who is in the temple who has been praying and fasting all the waiting in the temple because she was a widow she was waiting fasting and praying and interceding i believe one of the things she was praying about was the redemption of um, of israel that the word of god concerning the the Messiah, what God has said, that there was going to be a Messiah, that God was going to send somebody who's going to be the deliverer. She was praying and she was fasting. One of, one of the things we can learn from this story is that concerning the purpose of God in our generation, we have to constantly pray and fast that the purpose of God, that God's plan, that God's idea, that whatever God is doing in our generation will come to pass and will not fail that will be part of God's plan. This woman was fasting and was praying to see that the redemption of Israel will come to us. And the Bible tells us that when Jesus was taken to the temple to fulfill the law, this woman came there in that instance. And when she saw it, she knew by the spirit that this is the Messiah, this is what she has been praying for. And so it is important that as we live in this dispensation There are things that God wants to do concerning this dispensation. There are plans and prophecies and things that God has said concerning this generation and dispensation that we live in. We need to set ourselves apart and pray to see the fulfillment of God's purpose and God's idea in our dispensation. we We can learn from her. It's actually a good thing that we pray concerning the plan and the purpose of God, that in our dispensation, in our generation, we we'll see the plan of God concerning the church. we we'll see the plan of God concerning this world because God definitely has something that he's doing. And God was faithful to, to, to make her see the answers to her prayers. And so this one set herself apart to pray concerning the Messiah, to fast and to pray in the temple. Then the Bible says she served God with fastings and with prayer night and day. And coming in the instance, she gave the, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all who looked for the redemption of Israel. She knew when she saw the baby that this is, this is the baby that God had promised the whole of Israel. And so she gave thanks. The Bible does not tell us if there was any introduction. If Mary said anything or Joseph said anything to give this, this woman the impression that this is the Messiah. But I believe that because she was praying and she was fasting, when she saw the purpose of God, when she saw the plan of God, she knew this was it. And so if we are going to pray and fast, if we are going to set our heart to seek the plan and the purpose of God in our generation, so that when things happen, we'll be able to understand that this is in line with the plan and the purpose of God. And so this is one thing that we can learn from and the prophetess. I believe there are so many other things that we can learn from this character who is part or who was also included in the birth story. A short history was written about her, that she had been through things that looks like was supposed to take her away from God. But those things rather brought her close to God, that as a woman, she had lost her her husband. Instead of living in this worldly life, the Bible tells us that she... From She she lived with her husband for seven years from her virginity. So she was married for seven years. And after that, she lived 84 years. So it's been a long time since she lost her husband. But those things did not keep her away from the house of God. But rather because those things created a situation in her life, she turned around that situation to use that to serve God instead. And so there might be things that will happen to us, God is able to use those things to turn them around for, for his purpose. We should surrender those things that happen to us that are, that are unattractive. Those things that happen to us, that looks like they are supposed to break us. That looks like they are supposed to separate us from God. We should allow those God to use those things to bring us rather close to him. Because for a young woman to lose her husband, she could have even decided to go into prostitution from that time on. And should do things that will... Um, satisfy her own pleasure. But after the loss of her husband, the Bible tells us that she had, she decided that she was going to live in the church and fast and pray. She used that time to intercede for the purpose of God. So when things happen in our life that are meant to destroy us, we should present those things to God and rather use them for his glory. And because she was praying and interceding, and she was praying that she will see the purpose of God, when the Messiah finally came, God allowed her to see the Messiah, and she began to tell others about the Messiah. Okay, move this here. Okay, now we're going to read Matthew's account, and we'll come back to Luke's account in Matthew chapter two, verse one to twelve. The Bible says, "Now after." After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Why is he who was who has been born king of Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and have come to worship him. And Herod, when when Herod heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Herod was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief, all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where Christ was to be born. So he said to So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, I are not the least among the rulers of of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will be shepherd who shepherd my people then herod when he had secretly called the wise men determined from them what time the star appeared and he sent them to bethlehem and said go and search carefully for the young one when you have found him bring back word to me that i may come and worship him and when they heard And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myth. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to her, they departed for their own country another way. <clears throat> and paying attention to the story, we see that the number of people who went to see Jesus was, was not mentioned. However, I think from history and we have always thought or we have always seen that it's presented that three people went to see Jesus Christ. Maybe because they gave three gifts and so we assume that there were three people or maybe because three gifts were mentioned, we assume that there were three people. The Bible doesn't really tell us the number of people. Now, Bible tells us that when Herod heard about the Messiah, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. So the whole of Jerusalem was troubled by the news of the Messiah. They were not excited, they were not happy, they were not zealous, they were not passionate that the Messiah was going to be born. I thought Israel was waiting for the Messiah, but how come there were people in Israel, including the king, who was not excited about what God was about to do, who was not excited about God's purpose coming to pass? There are people living in this generation or in every generation, in Paul's generation, in the generation of the um, apostles, there are people who are always living in that generation who always seek to oppose the purpose of God. They are not excited that the church is going on. They are not excited that the, the plans and the purpose that God has for this dispensation and this generation is coming to pass. There are people who are always going to live like that, who will not embrace what God is doing, who will not accept what God is doing, but they find ways to oppose what God is doing. The Bible says when Herod heard that a Messiah, a king of Israel has been born, a king of the Jews has been born, he was troubled, he was not happy. Why? Because at this point, I believe he was thinking about his own selfish gain. He was thinking about the fact that I am the king. And if there is another king that has been born, that means this king is going to overthrow my kingdom. And so I have to, deal with this king before the king overthrows my kingdom when herod heard about the news of the birth of jesus christ he was troubled he was not happy he was angry exact in the same way in this generation as believers are going about celebrating christmas trying to make people know that christmas is about the birth of jesus christ there are people who are not happy people who don't want to hear that christmas is about the birth of jesus christ they will, so they will bring some argument and bring some, to try to point us to the direction and tell us and remind us that Christmas is a pagan um, um, celebration. And therefore, Christians must not associate with such celebration. There are people who oppose the, the, the good news. People who oppose things that are happening in the kingdom of God that is supposed to excite the people of God. People. There are some people who decide to oppose it. They will get angry at the mention of Jesus Christ. They will get angry by any advertisement from the church. They will get angry when you share a church flyer or share a verse. They don't want to have anything to do with church or with the purpose of God or with the plan of God. In every generation, there are people like that. But I believe that social media has amplified the anger, the frustrations, and the hatred of a lot of people. So we see them every time. When you when a preaching message has been shared, you look at the comments below the pre- preaching mes- message and people saying all sorts of things about the preacher and about the church. There are people who just don't like anything that is related to God. And the Bible tells us that Herod was angry, was troubled, that the Messiah, a Messiah has been born. We are going to talk again about Herod and we're going to talk about um, the people of Israel because the Bible says, and Jerusalem with him were troubled. And he actually went to ask the chief priest and the scribes. We are going to talk about them again, but for now, I just want us to describe, um, I'm sorry, I just want us to discuss the innkeeper, the one who gave the manger to Mary and Joseph. So the Bible says in Luke. Again, we're coming to Luke's account. In Luke chapter 2, verse 6 to 7, the Bible says, So it was that while they were there, there here means they were in Bethlehem, they were there for the census, they were there for their names to be registered because they were from the lineage of David. So they were supposed to go to where they were from so that they would be registered. The Bible says, while they were still there, the days were complete for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her first son, wrapped him in a swaddle clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. The Savior of the world came to the world that he was about to save, and there was no room for him. In many lives today, in this world, there is no room for God. There is no room for Christ. They have shut the door. They are not allowing Christ to come in. There are people who we are preaching to and we are telling them about Jesus Christ. But in their hearts, there are no room. They have decided that they will keep Christ out of the door. And you see, from right from his birth, Christ never imposed or forced himself in any place. And that's why the book of Revelation tells us that I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens, I will come in. If only you open, he will come in and dine with you. But many hearts are closed from the gospel. That is why we have to continue to preach the gospel. As we preach the gospel, and we are telling people about the coming of Jesus Christ, the second coming of Jesus Christ. There are many people whose heart will be closed, but for some people, it is a warning to them. For some people, they will repent, they'll be convicted and they will be saved. But many hearts in our world today, have no room for christ many people in their lives today they have no room for christ many people in their day in their daily activity they have no room for god and the things of god as they live throughout the week throughout the month and throughout the years there's no place in their life where christ can have a place jesus christ came to the world that he was about to save the bible says there was no room for him however somebody found a room for him somebody found a manger. This person who gave their manger, their name was not mentioned. They were not identified. But in our normal world, if you see a pregnant woman, everybody in their normal senses, if you see a pregnant woman who is in labor, I believe you will try to give your best place. On that day, since the Bible did not tell us that the one who was keeping the inn was also sleeping in the manger with them. I assume that the one who was keeping the manger had a place to sleep. If only the one who was keeping the manger knew that this was the Messiah, this was God, I believe that they would have given their bedroom to Mary. They would have given the best place to Mary. But they decided that... The manger is what they have, and that's what they were going to give. And so we see two, from this sentence, we see, we see two people here. One, people who have their heart closed. There are no room in their lives. And two, people who have opened some room. They have given some space, a portion of their time, a portion of their life to God, to Christ, to the things of God. But they have not given their best. To God, this man who gave the manger—if he knew that this was Jesus Christ, if he knew that this was the Messiah—I believe that he would have given at least his own room for the woman to give birth. If a woman is in labor, and in a, in every every place that he they went to, there was no room for them, and nobody was sensible enough to say that this woman is in labor so let me sacrifice my room let me give up my space let me give out this thing i know it's going to cost you but let me give it out to, for this woman because she's in labor and the only place they found was in a manger and sometimes some of us have opened the door for christ to come in but we have not given christ our best some of us have accepted jesus as our lord and personal savior Some of us have have accepted the fact that we are going to serve God. We're going to work for him. But we are not giving him our best. We are like this innkeeper. This innkeeper, on the day he gave Mary and Joseph the inn for them to, to deliver their baby, I believe he went back home to sleep and slept on a pillow if he had one. But he could have given his bed. He could have found a place for the woman was in labor and not leave the woman who was in labor in the inn, in the in in the main in the manger for the woman to give birth in the manger in a world in a place where i believe that it was a busy time because everybody had come into jerusalem to be to be registered everybody had come into jerusalem to register so there were people in the city and the city was busy and everything everything but this innkeeper who gave just a manger, I believe he himself had a place to sleep. All the people who rejected Mary, there was no room for them. I believe they could have done better. They would have given somewhere better for this Messiah to be born. Or let's, let's say if they knew that this was their Messiah, I'm sure that no, many of them would not mind giving their space to the Messiah to be born. And so the Bible says and she brought forth her firstborn and wrapped him in swaddle clothes and laid him in a manger. So the savior of the world was born in a manger. So let's not be like this, these two groups of people. The first group of people who have their, the doors of their hearts shut. There is no room in their life. The second group of people who might be like the innkeeper who even though saw this woman in labor, did not give their best, gave anything at all. That's all they had. They just gave carelessly. This is it. This is what I have. I'm doing good. Even though they were doing some good, but it was not good enough. They could have done better. And for us who have accepted Jesus Christ, I believe this message to speak to us that as we give Jesus our time, are we just giving him our manger or are we giving him our best? As we give Jesus our lives, are we giving him our manger or are we giving him our very best? We can all do better from where we are. We can assess our lives. The story of the birth of Jesus Christ being born in a manger should speak to all of us. That even though we are doing something, but are we doing our best? Even though we are working in the kingdom of God, are we giving our best? It should speak to us. That one day when we meet God, we can really say of a truth that we gave our best, our very best. We did what he asked us to do with the best of our abilities, with the best of our knowledge and with the best of our time. This manger, this innkeeper gave something and we are grateful that he gave something, but he could have done better. He could have given a better place to the woman who was in labor. Or maybe if he was sensitive enough to what God was doing, he would have known that this was the Messiah and would have given the Messiah the very best place. And so let's be sensitive to the things that God is doing in our lives. One, and let's give God our best. As we serve God, let's be committed to giving Him our best, our very best. And not just anyhow. Let's not just say that some people have not accepted the gospel. We have accepted the gospel. And so we can handle the gospel Anyhow, we thank, definitely, we are grateful to the innkeeper. But if we assess everything, or from the benefit of hindsight, if this innkeeper had the chance to review his actions on that night, I believe that he would have done better. Or if he had more information, he would have done better. And so let's give God our best and not serve him anyhow. Now, I want us to discuss the religious people the chief priests and the scribes. When Herod heard the news about the birth of the Messiah, he consulted the chief priests and the scribes. These were people who knew that God was going to bring the Messiah. God was going to send the Savior. God was going to send the deliverer of Israel. They were actually expecting him. But how come they were not zealous enough? Because if people, if there were people who were expecting the Messiah to be born when they heard the news, that there is somebody who seemingly might be or somebody who is close to the description of what they have been waiting for, I believe they had to show some more passion. They had to even join these wise men to go in search for the Messiah. These chief priests and scribes were busy going about their religious activity. When the ultimate salvation was before them, they did not show enough commitment. They did not show enough passion to the things of God. They were not zealous. They just told the king that, oh, it has been said in the scriptures that the Messiah was going to be born in Jerusalem, uh, in Bethlehem. So they had this knowledge, but the knowledge had not transformed them because if they, re- if they had been transformed by the fact that the Messiah was going to be born in Bethlehem, they would have been expecting the Messiah every day. And so when they heard that, somebody is on the scene who looks like the Messiah, they would have put in more commitment or more effort to go and locate this Messiah. But they gave out the information. They had not been transformed by the knowledge they had concerning the purpose of God. In the same way like we are expecting the second coming of Jesus. It's not something we do casually. These people were like casual people who were just waiting for the Messiah to be They didn't really care. And this is the chief priest. And the scribes of those days who knew the word of god who knew that god was sending somebody to come and save israel and that was all god's ultimate plan for israel and for the whole world yet how come that when they heard this thing from herod they didn't care to go out and look for the messiah they didn't care to stop what they are doing to go and join this guy to go and search for the messiah if this was all they were living for and all they were waiting for and all they were expecting, why didn't they put in more effort? Why didn't they show any interest? Why didn't they show any zeal in locating the Messiah? They just handed over the information to Herod and said, oh, it has been said that the Messiah was going to be born in, 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 in Bethlehem. And that was it. They, they, were, just, they were just apathetic to, to the purpose of God. They were just showing apathy concerning the things of God. And many of us living in this dispensation when it comes to the things of God, we are not showing enough passion and zeal and commitment and consent for the things of God. Just like this Christ, just like this, this chief priest who didn't care about the purpose of God. No wonder God rather chose to reveal or announce the plan, uh, announce the birth of the Messiah to, to the Gentiles and to the shepherds. Because the religious people didn't care enough about the birth of the Messiah. And it's obvious from how they acted after they heard from Herod, asking them, where is the Messiah going to be born? They didn't care to go and join these wise men to look for the Messiah. So we have Herod who was not happy about the birth of the Messiah. And we have these religious people who didn't care enough about the birth of the Messiah. There are people like that in the church. They are not happy about the word. Some are not happier about the word of God. Some people don't care enough about the word of God. They don't have enough passion and zeal for the things of God. And so these people, they said, oh, well, the word says that they know the word, you can tell, they know the word by heart. And so they said, oh, the word says that the, 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 the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. And they were right, but no zeal, no passion. And so God rather chose to announce the birth to shepherds who to them didn't were not waiting for any promise. And we saw the action the shepherds looked. They were from the east. But when they had it, they said we will go and look for them, the Messiah. We will go and look for. When the angel told them, they said, we will go and look for him. But when these people had it, they just pointed. To the place, these people who knew the place the Messiah was to be born, they just pointed their finger to the place and said, Go to this place, you see the Messiah there. And sometimes, as believers, when we look at this story and how the two people acted when they heard about Jesus Christ, I believe that we can say that the shepherds took the right step. The angel didn't tell them to look for go and look for the child, the angel just came to announce, but they said, We will go and look for the child and these people when they heard it they pointed they said go to this place you'll find that's where the bible says so that's where the prophecy says the child will be born so go there if if the child has been born then come back and come and tell us they didn't care enough because if they were looking forward to meeting this messiah when they heard the news they will go and seek for the messiah they will actually go everybody they will gather their church members and they will gather all their, their disciples say we have heard this story let's go and verify and it would it would have been easy for them to locate the Messiah, but these people didn't care enough the people that jesus christ came to now as for herod when he heard that it was going to be the king of the jews has been born the bible says he was troubled he was troubled about the purpose of god he couldn't rejoice at the news of the birth of the messiah He couldn't rejoice at the news that god was doing something new and god was going to do a new thing and god was going to bring a king whose kingdom was going to live forever from the family of david he couldn't rejoice at the great news that god was going to uh uh, uh, the great news that was that that had been uh, um, spoken to him he couldn't just rejoice he was troubled he didn't understand the purpose of god all he thought about was his kingdom that this guy or this new king the king of the jews is coming to um overthrow my kingdom and therefore i have to find a person and kill this child before the king the the child overthrows my kingdom he didn't have insight and understanding in the purpose of god instead of rather taking time and asking this this um chief priest and scribes what this king or the of the jews is going to do or what the kingdom meant he didn't ask any question instead he was thinking about his personal personal gain and so he decided that i am going to move quickly to stop the plan of God. And sometimes that's how the devil behaves. That he will move. I'm going to go ahead of God and stop the plan of God. But you can never outsmart God. No demon, no devil can outsmart God. For so God's purpose for your life, there is no demon in hell who can outsmart God. Or cause God to be surprised. And God loses control over his plan. Before the devil will move, God has already moved God has already moved ahead ahead of the devil. And so Herod dealt wickedly with the people. At the hearing of this great, exciting news, Herod rather gave himself to wickedness and dealt wickedly with the people. Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 2, verse 16, that when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, that is the wise man, he became very enraged and sent men and killed all the boys who were in bethlehem and all eight vicinity who were two years old and under according to the time which he had determined from the mag so he said i am going to move quickly and cut short the plan of god since i was not able to locate this baby i'm going to kill everybody that's what herod said He said he's going to move in quickly and make sure that all the babies in that age, they don't grow to become the king of the Jews. But God had already moved ahead of Herod. And so when they heard the news, two people, three people had the news, but only one group of people were excited about going to look for the Messiah. And so before Herod moved, God had already moved. God had instructed Joseph to take the baby out of Bethlehem and take him to Egypt. And so the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 and 15, Now they were, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for egypt, and he was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, "Out of Egypt, "I called my son and so before Herod will move, God has already moved ahead of Herod and instructed Joseph to take the child to Egypt, so that the child's life would be preserved." So before the devil will take any action in your life, there is nothing that happens in this world that surprises God, like COVID and shutdown and all those things. At that, at some point, people thought that God has lost control. Like, oh, because the whole world had lost control. <laughs> the whole world has lost control. We, the, 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 the presidents and the kings and every kingdom had lost control and we're all trying to figure out what's going on, what's happened. So sometimes maybe people thought that maybe God has also lost control and God has been taken by surprise <laughs> because the whole world was in a shutdown. But we know from scriptures that God is never surprised. The devil cannot outsmart God. Before he takes any move, God has already made provision for us. And so, as children of God, nothing in our life, let nothing in our life, or nothing, or Things that happen in our lives should not move us, should not shake us because our lives is in the hands of God. Before the devil makes any move, God is aware of that move. God has made preparation to preserve us ahead of the devil. So we know that our lives will be preserved no matter what action, no matter what will come true. God has the whole world in his hand and therefore nothing that will happen will 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 cause God to be surprised or cause God to move the bible tells us in the book of psalms that when all these things are happening god is still on his throne bishop preached a very wonderful message on that that when these things are happening and it looks like everything is scattered everything is in confusion what is god doing god is still sitting on his throne he's still king and nothing Will move him. And so we should know that our life is preserved. God will always take steps to preserve our lives and to preserve his purpose. The church being God's vehicle that he's using in this end time, that he's going to use to bring people into his kingdom. That vehicle cannot be cut short by the devil. God will preserve the church. God will preserve his church. No matter what moves or what action the devil takes. God will always move ahead to prepare a place for us and to preserve his church. The Gentiles, when they received the news about the Messiah, this was shepherds busy working in the field. But when they heard about the Messiah, they left their sheep and said, We will go and find him. We will go and find the king of Israel. They left what they were doing. You remember the story of the people who were invited to the to the party? When we spoke, we spoke about that last week. They all gave excuses. They found reasons why they could not come. But when this man, the Gentiles, who... There was no promise that the Gentiles were going to have a Messiah. They didn't have any promise at all about a Messiah. However, when they heard the news... They left their business, left everything they were doing, and said, we will go and look for him. The Bible tells us that when they found him, they went back and told everyone. Everyone who has truly found Jesus Christ will go back and tell people. And so if you have not told anybody about Jesus Christ yet, then maybe you have not found him. Because read through the scripture, anyone who encountered Jesus Christ will go back and tell somebody. So when God announced the birth of the Messiah to the Gentiles, He chose to tell the Gentiles, the shepherd Gentiles, instead of the chief priest, instead of the people in the king's palace, instead of the people in Jerusalem. Because obviously, when we read the story, we saw that these guys were not interested in the Messiah. But there were some other people whose hearts were prepared. And they heard this story that a king has been born. And so they said they were going to search for this king. Like we said last week. People who still search for Jesus in their lives every day, they are wise. They are walking in wisdom. And that's why these people who went to search for Jesus Christ, we have the name that we have all come to know them is wise men. So these wise men went to look for Jesus Christ. And so if we spend our day seeking for Jesus Christ and seeking for the purpose of God, we are using that day and we are using that time that we are we, are, we have spent searching for him. We are using that time wisely. So even in this dispensation, no matter how busy the world has become, no matter how many distractions we have in this world today, still wise men search for Jesus. And so wise men are still searching for Jesus. And they found him. The Bible tells us that they found him lying in a manger. The Bible also tells us that anyone who seeks Jesus, anyone who seeks him, will find him and so if you set your heart and set your time that this year and next year you are going to seek for god you are going to seek for him with all your heart the good news is that you will find him because everyone who sought for jesus in the bible found him and if we're going to spend our time seeking for jesus christ seeking for his purpose we are definitely going to find him so they found him lying in a manger and when they found him this was this were gentiles the bible says they worshiped him they worshiped him and when they have found him they went around and told other people about what they had seen or about the baby the most important or the most important purpose of celebrating the birth of jesus christ is to tell the world as we celebrate the jesus we have found we are supposed to go back and tell our world this great news of God's love, this great news of God's demonstration, demonstration of God's love to us. That we who have found, we have been fortunate, we have been gracious, God has been gracious to us that we have found Him. And as we have found Him, we have to go and tell other people. Now, the Bible says, when they heard, the king, they departed. This is the wise man again. When they had a king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly, exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented their gift to him. All of us here on earth have gifts that we can give to the Lord. God has blessed us with talent, with giftings, with things that we can present to him. And this man did not just go and find the baby and worship him, but they presented their gift. When I talk about gifts, I might not only be talking about money. Or offering, but I'm talking about the gifts that God has blessed you with. There are things that you can do. They came and they worshipped him and they gave gifts. Everybody gave what they have in worship of the king. As they celebrated the news, they also gave their gift. We can also give our gift, whatever God has given us to use to serve the kingdom of God, to serve um, God's purpose, to serve the church and other people in the church. These people didn't just go to, to see, um, for they didn't just go for eye service or to, to just see with their eyes, but they went there and they presented gifts. The angel did not mention any gift to them. Maybe it was their tradition that when they go and visit somebody who had given birth, they have to give a gift. Maybe it was their tradition, but these people were wise enough to present. I believe that this was also part of the reason why we call them wise, they were wise enough not only did they go to seek for jesus but they also presented gifts to jesus christ and i know we had mentioned earlier that mary and joseph had just started life god found a way to provide for these people who are going to take care of the messiah when god gives you a purpose i believe mary was wondering how are we going to have money to to do all these things but mary said be it unto me when the vision was given to her when god gave her the vision of the messiah i believe that she was wondering all she was she had all these questions but she didn't ask the angel any of these questions all she said was be it unto me according to your word what you have said be unto me let it come to pass according to how you have said it but when she received the vision and received God's purpose, God made sure that she had provision. God gave her provision. God instructed men from the east to come and bring gift to Mary, laid on their heart. Men who were unrelated, men who were not in Israel. Mary, it wouldn't have crossed the mind of Joseph or crossed the mind of Mary that people from, from far away in the east were going to bring gift to her. To help her take care of the baby. But God laid on the heart of people who were far to bring their to gift to come and help to take care. And so, when we have received the vision and the purpose of God, just like God was able to speak to a fish, normally we know fishes don't eat coins. But how was a coin in the mouth of a fish that Jesus instructed the disciples to go for, to put their hook in the sea? That's a miracle. Fishes do, do not they don't eat coin. But Jesus knew that there was a fish who had a coin in his mouth. So he said, "Go and put your your, your net or your sickle or anything in, in the in the sea." And there was a particular fish. The first miracle is that there was a coin in the mouth of the fish. And the particular fish who had the coin was the one who came to the, to, to the the hook that Peter put inside the water. So the God of all flesh, knowing that there was a, there was a fish In the sea with coin in his stomach, and that same fish in the sea who had the coin was the one who came to the hook. God was showing us that He can provide in every situation, even unexpected places. You don't expect that fishes will eat coins, but this particular fish had eaten coin, or this particular fish had some coin in his mouth, and God instructed that particular fish to go to the hook. And so God has a way to provide for us that is beyond our expectation and beyond our understanding the places that we don't expect god is able to make provision in those places that mary joseph when they gave birth they didn't know that somebody god was going to lay on the heart of some people from somewhere to bring some gift to them but god did laid it on the heart for people who are not even israelite he himself told them the story and when they have heard they came And God provided. And so those of us who have embraced God's purpose, those of us who have an expectation, we're expecting God to do something for us, we should know that we should open our heart to every avenue because God can provide beyond our understanding ways and means that we don't expect, that we don't think it's possible. God can make those things happen. So let's just trust God, that the God who is able to speak to fishes, the God who is able to speak to birds, To come and feed his people. The God who is able to speak to a widow. And said, in the time of famine, I spoke to a widow that she should feed you. God is able to lay on the heart of people we have never met before. God is able to use people we have never met, we have never known. Our path has never crossed to provide for us and to provide for his purpose. So, when the people decided that they were going to seek the Messiah, God caused the element, the cosmos everything that he had created to come to their aid to to fulfill his purpose god can cause every element to come to our aid to fulfill that one of the prayers that i was praying this week that god not this week this whole year it's been my prayer that god let institutions favor me let institutions favor me every institution that i'll deal with let them favor. institution in this nation that i'll deal with let them favor me anywhere my name will appear let me receive favor and i see that there are so many institutions that i dealt with this year and i was favored every institution that my name appeared anything that i did i had an advantage i always had an advantage god answered my prayer and so god is able to cause things to work together for our good as we trust him that whether everything all the elements of the world will come together as we are seeking the purpose of God, as we set our heart to seek the purpose of God, all the elements of the world will come together to support and to help us, to push us. Just like he can use people, he can use institutions, he can use any other element to help fulfill his purpose. So God made provision for Joseph and for Mary, and God will bring help for us as we pursue his purpose. This year, next year, as we pursue the purpose of God, God is going to bring everything together to help us fulfill His purpose. So, this is the end of the slide. As we've seen the many characters that we have mentioned in the birth story of Jesus Christ, I believe that all these characters, I know that as we spend time more time to study these characters and the role they play, there are so many things that we can learn from these characters. I believe that next year. If we decide to i mean by next year if we decide to go into this again there are so many revelations and insights that we can get from the characters all the characters and all the people that god used in the birth story of jesus christ and so i pray that everything we have discussed so far will speak to you overall one of the things we can tell is that god's purpose will stand god's purpose will come to pass whatever god has said his word Will never fail, like the bible says if all other things will fail the word of god will definitely come to pass and so we can be confident that the word of god concerning his church concerning the world concerning our destinies and our lives will definitely come to pass amen so i just want to know if there are any comments um any questions that we can discuss the floor is open
1: Amen, I was blessed. Um, Whilst you were teaching, I really saw um, five kinds of people and there are five reactions towards the birth of Christ, which you have really admitted excellently. You spoke about another prophetess, Herod, um, the wise man, the religious zealots, which represents the Pharisees and scribes, and then um, the innkeeper. And when you bring it into this context, it mirrors the various reactions uh, towards Christmas, or towards the, the coming of the, the, the death, uh, the coming of our Messiah, which represents the death of our Lord. Another prophetess, to me, it speaks to me about a preparedness through concentration so even though we are about to celebrate christmas christmas is not a time to lose your sense of sacredness and concentration sometimes we give in to too much pleasure and, and you know our heart just becomes gross and, and dull of understanding of the moment that we find ourselves in so uh, then we become like anna you know but don't, don't stop praying there are many Christians, once it's Christmas, that they have stopped prayer, I won't read the Bible again. So let's And that's not good. And Anna, it it's really ministers powerfully. You talk about Herod. He was not excited. He's very selfish. Very selfish. He was very interested in federal his own agenda, his own plan. You know, he wants to establish himself as king. So that's what is more important to him. And you know what you read excellently, he decided to kill people. And, and sometimes we, we have a heroic response towards Christmas. You know, we, instead of us seeking Christ or even being excited about the star of the event, we rather give in to the God of consumerism and materialism. So these are two gods that reign really supreme between the last. Days of the year into mm-hmm. probably the first week of the new year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, well, we should we should change from that. It talks to us about the wise men. Um uh, sorry, the religious leaders, they, they had a zeal, like you said, they had a zeal, but they didn't even act on the zeal by seeking for Christ, which is very sad. Which is very sad. Even today you can see people in the church who have an idea. Of who Christ is, have an idea of the events, but they will not follow suit with what they know and put things into practice. It is very sad, you know. And then you look at the wise men, and they were called wise men because they read the stars. Mm-hmm. You know, these people had no idea of who Christ is. They actually followed their astrological background and they met Christ. Mm-hmm. That means Christ can use anybody. It, to me, it really speaks about the, the desperation, if I should even use this. How can God be desperate to reveal himself? He's revealing himself to chief priests who should have an idea of who Christ is. They read the Bible, like you say, they quote the Bible excellently, but still they had no idea of who Christ is. God had to reveal himself to people who had no idea of who Christ is. And yet they followed. And when they met, they they, they followed suit of their passions by ministering uh, uh, to the Son of God with with their gifts. And then the innkeeper, he didn't make room for Christ. He didn't make room. And sometimes, during these times, many people just shut Christ out of their. So it's a very somber message you preach tonight. And to me, I'm I'm just thinking that oh, Lord, may I not fit into. Any of the five categories of people uh, you have talked about tonight, um, uh, may my reaction be godly. May may I be like another prophetess. May I be like that um, 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 people who you consider the the wise men or the magi. May may I be like them. May I not be like Herod. May I not be like the innkeeper? May I not be like
0: uh, religious leaders. So I've been very blessed tonight. God bless you. Amen very 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 deep see very very deep contribution but that everything you have said is a full message on its own <laughs> very very <laughs> deep god bless you for sharing that <laughs> very deep right process were you going to say something no i was just saying in i I, yeah. I enjoyed
1: the whole series as a whole um no, I mean, you could tell you really prepared. Really, God bless you, Pastor Robert, from the, the, the bottom of my heart, with sincerity. God bless you. You know, everything was very powerful, Everybody, everything was very well done. Your PowerPoints, your points, you know, um, the Gandhi points that we took home, uh, very valuable for christian living um living before the lord having a relationship with christ i really believe like it it was the perfect series to round up the year with so god bless you for that i really sense god about the whole thing thank you so much
0: amen thank you so much for the opportunity to share um it's also a blessing to have the privilege to share in in, um, this bible study so god bless you for giving me that chance Okay, shall we shall we pray? I think it's past 8, so shall we pray? Father, we thank you as you have opened our eyes and given us insight in the story of the birth of Jesus Christ, that as we celebrate Christmas and remember the birth, Father, we pray that you cause our heart to be in the right place the way we seek for your things and for you, God, our commitment, Lord, to your purpose and to your things, we pray. Lord, Give us grace to walk in in, in, a, in a place, to walk in the path that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, give us wisdom as we make decisions during this Christmas. Let us put you ahead of, of every other thing. We pray, Father, for the days that is left in this year. Father, we pray that you will continue to show yourself strong. You will preserve us, keep us away from evil. In Jesus' mighty name. And everything that you have determined for us and for our lives in 2023, even in the next few days, we still receive them and we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right, God bless you all. Um, I'll see you again. If Steve, any announcement.